0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Skye Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. Today, I interview Kate about her two positive births. Although wanting a home birth financially at the time, it wasn't a viable option. So she opted to get into the local hospitals, midwifery group practice. She went on to have a natural water birth. When her family decided to relocate to Newcastle, knowing they offered a publicly funded home birth was a great bonus in their decision to move, giving her the dream home birth she desired. Kate shares how some valuable advice from her doula helped her relax enough to bring on labor, and she explains what the acronym BRAIN means, a favorite she uses with her clients as a naturopath and nutritionist. Enjoy this episode. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, my name's Kate, as you said, and I live in Newcastle, New South Wales with my husband and my two children. So I have Jude, who's two and a half, and Bowie, who is four and a half months, which I can't believe she's already that old. It's just gone so quickly.
0: Uh, I know, it goes too fast. And were both of your pregnancies
1: planned? Um, yes and no. So, Jude was a very happy and welcome surprise, but he certainly did catch us by surprise. Yeah. And then, Bowie, we did plan her. We um, had wanted a sibling for Jude. So, yes, that had always been on the cards. Um, but I think with Jude, we, you know, my husband and I, we knew that we wanted to have children. However, we were kind of waiting for, you know, that perfect moment and the perfect time to arrive. And Once we fell pregnant and once he was here, we realized that it actually, it was the perfect moment. And if we kept waiting, I don't think we'd ever have found the perfect time. We wouldn't have felt that it was right. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that was very, very welcome. And um, he certainly, Jude obviously knew it was the right time to come and Mm -hmm. and land with us. So, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, being a naturopath, what would be your recommendation for women to get their bodies ready for conception?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I really enjoy working in the space of fertility and um, pregnancy, and I work—that's predominantly what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of—I mean, it's so varied. And I guess in a nutshell, the for most women, you know, if their health is fairly straightforward, then you really just want to be living a healthy lifestyle and eating a healthy diet and basically treating your body as though you're already pregnant. So mm. eating the foods that are really nourishing and are going to support you in all aspects, so physically and emotionally, you definitely want to keep an eye on stress levels. That can really wreak havoc with your um reproductive hormones and also looking at your menstrual cycle like it does give you little clues around what's going on with your health so if your cycle is a bit irregular or if you do suffer from you know period pain or um, anything that you would consider to be slightly abnormal then get onto it sooner rather than later I think a lot of women sort of ignore their fertility until they're ready to have a baby but sometimes it then does take a little bit more effort Um, whereas if you can be basically as soon as you know that sometime ever in the future you want to have children if you can be working to support your fertility and as I said that's just really you know keeping your body in optimal health at all times which we want anyway um there's obviously like more complexities and some women who seem to be doing all of the right things but can still have challenges so Mm. that's where like definitely some more individual guidance is warranted but I think in a nutshell just um yeah treat yourself as though you're already pregnant yes I love that advice (laughs) and how was your pregnancy with Jude yeah my pregnancy was really good for the most part um I did have quite severe morning sickness I mean it wasn't you know severe in the scheme of things and I know a lot of women have it a lot worse but I did just feel sort of constantly nauseous um and really really exhausted from about six weeks to 20 weeks Mm, um and I mean that was yeah that was pretty awful and pretty challenging but it did eventually pass and the rest of the pregnancy was really great I just loved being pregnant Mm. um yeah I found it amazing there was you know the occasional like niggle of back pain and hip pain was sort of the main thing that I had but for the most part it was awesome and I really loved being pregnant yeah
0: and how far along were you when you went into labor with him
1: um so with Jude I went into labor when I was 40 plus four so in the evening of that day and Mm -hmm. then he was born early hours of Forty plus
0: five nice and what model of care did you choose
1: um so with him we were living in sydney at the time and we fell into the catchment for royal north shore hospital which is one of the really great hospitals in sydney and has a very good reputation in terms of their midwifery care Um, so i was lucky enough to get into the midwifery group practice and had just the most amazing midwife i adore her and she was very very like-minded and very supportive of how I wanted to navigate the pregnancy and also how I wanted to birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I, if I could have had it my way, I would have loved to have a home birth. And I sort of joked to my husband, "I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just." have the baby at home (laughs) and he was like don't you dare um but at the time you know for us we would have had to hire a private midwife in Sydney and that was sort of financially not really an option or what we wanted to do you know I run my own business so going on maternity leave and suddenly paying for a private midwife was just felt a bit too scary so yeah yeah, we were lucky to have that great service and I really resonated with the midwife that I had so I felt very well supported um and you know the facility facilities at the hospital were incredible it was honestly like birthing in a beautiful hotel oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. so how do you actually get into those programs do you have to apply to it you don't have to apply it's basically first in best dress so okay. what I always encourage my clients to do like as soon as you get a positive pregnancy test and I know it feels like a very strange thing to do when you know you're potentially four weeks pregnant or like very very early is just make the phone call and get your name on the list because it is convenient competitive in the sense that they have limited resources, there's only so many midwives to go around. And yeah. because each midwife is assigned, you know they, they stay with you through your whole pregnancy. So they have a limited caseload. Um, so, but if you can just get your name on the list and then even if you change your mind, there's always a wait list of women who want that model of care. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's really all you need to do. Just make the call straight away. <laughs> yeah, Get onto it. Yeah.
0: So do you want to take us to that first sign of labor with him?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, I basically just went into labor and it, you know, initiated and progressed straight away. Um, I didn't have any warning signs like I'd had, you know, Braxton Hicks throughout the final weeks of the pregnancy, but I didn't have, um, you know, a bloody show. I didn't have my waters break or anything. I just had a contraction. I was like, I think that could be a contraction. <laughs> and from there it was on. So they, right from the start, um, So I went into labor about 6 p.m., and they were about two to three minutes apart um, right away, and they obviously increased in intensity over the labour, but um, yeah, they were fairly consistent, which was, yeah, I guess, good and manageable. I um, had done the calm birth course in the um, final trimester, and that had really sort of resonated with me. So I was able to just breathe and do visualizations and we actually, like, ordered burgers and, oh. and put on a movie and just stayed at home. Yeah, the burger didn't stay down for very yeah. long, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. so, um, but, you know, that was kind of our you know, last, like, it like, oh, this could be our last dinner together as just a oh. couple. So we did that and, um, yeah, I stayed at home and, and labored in the bedroom for quite a few hours just with like the birth ball and um I once the intensity had ramped up, I very much went within myself. Like I I just like to be left alone and Mm -hmm. focused on my breath and my poor husband sort of (laughs) he's there very willing to like do all the pregnancy massage and like, you know, acupressure points. But I just I couldn't. I yeah, couldn't stand the thought. Touched. No, not at all. Mm. So he ended up just whizzing around, like vacuuming and tidying up, and <sighs> trying to get rid of anything that could potentially make me feel annoyed if oh, I come out. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we stayed there, and I—I I guess it was really hard for me, or well, probably for anyone, whether it's a first labor or um, subsequent babies, but to gauge where I was at because. Mm-hmm you know, you could feel I'm like, okay, this is definitely labor. I know I'm having contractions and I know they're increasing in intensity, but you hear of women, you know, they labor for so long and then they get to the hospital and they're only a few centimeters dilated. So I had no idea what to expect. And I called the midwives. Um, my midwife wasn't actually working at the time. So I was speaking with someone else and, she's like you know you sound really calm like I can tell that like you're not very far along so just stay at home um, for a bit longer I was like okay and kind of felt like a bit disheartened by that um, but also very comfortable in my home environment so Mm -hmm. we stayed and it all continued and I just got this sense that I needed to be where I was going to be birthing Um, and we weren't far from the hospital. I think it was one set of traffic lights like, you know, a few minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, it would have been a long time to get there. But I just, I guess, emotionally wanted to be in the space so I didn't have to move um so I called again and again she's like no 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 you sound like you still got a way to go like I can hear you know your breathing's really regular and you're you're speaking very calmly I was like okay so left that and then stayed at home a little bit longer and then I got my husband Mike to call and um she was like all right we'll just come in um at I think she told him to come at 11 o'clock 11 p.m so at this stage we'd been at home um so, yeah, I went into labor about 6 p.m. So it was probably about four and a half hours at home.
0: Yeah.
1: And then was like, okay, great. I have that line in the sand. I know when I'm going to be able to get to that next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd always had in my mind that when I arrived at the hospital, I wanted to be seven centimeters dilated. And... I was like, oh, gosh, I hope that I don't get there. And she tells me that I'm only a couple of centimetres. Like, I think that would have been really disheartening. So I just kept in my mind that she's going to say seven centimetres, she's going to say seven centimetres. Um, And so, yeah, we basically made our way to the hospital and (laughs) the car ride, even though it was only short, (laughs) it's definitely not the funnest part of the labor, trying to just move yourself physically. It's like, Mm. okay, have a contraction, quickly get down the stairs, have another contraction, quickly get in the car. And then as we were driving, I was just like, oh, great, it's stopped. Like I basically Mm. had been having those really regular contractions for hours and then, nothing in the car. Mm, I hear it so often. Yeah I was a bit nervous about that because I thought I'm gonna get there and they're gonna send me home and anyway pulled up and straight away had another contraction. Um, I was like okay (laughs) we're back Mm -hmm. on. So made it up into the um, birthing suite and she um, at that stage I still my waters hadn't broken and I also hadn't lost my mucus plug um, and she said that it wasn't my midwife, but the lady who was on asked if I wanted her to check me, which I did, because I just I think mentally and being the first time around, I just really wanted to know how much longer I had to go, which even though I know it's not a good gauge of that, it was just I just need a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. And she checked me and she's like, So you're seven centimeters. I was (gasps) like, Ah, yay. That's what I'd been hoping for. Um, And she's like, You know, it can still be a while from here. So just going to run the bath and, um, you know, just hop in the bath when you're ready. And, um, you know, we'll come and check you when you need help. Anyway, they there was two midwives in the room and they were like, Oh, should we call Kelsey, who was my midwife? And that one of them was like, Oh no, no, I think she's still a while. And the other one's like, Maybe we'll just call her because she lived about 40-minute drive away. Okay. Um anyway, I hopped in the bath um, kind of reluctantly because I had been using a TENS machine which I really loved and found so useful. So to hop in the bath I obviously had to take that off, but Once I did get in the bath and it was this huge spa bath, um, that was just so much relief. It felt so nice to be in there. Mm -hmm. And so it was just Mike and I in the room and, you know, there's music and there's dim lights and there's diffusing essential oils and it's very beautiful. And then all of a sudden I said to Mike, I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm pushing. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) he hit the um, like the buzzer on the wall and the midwives came running in and she is still my midwife wasn't there um and so lucy was her name the lady that was there um and she was like well i might get you to hop out and i'll just check you to you know see if you are ready to push and i was just like i can't hop out like it was honestly my body something just changed and no matter if how hard i tried there's no way that i could have not pushed and so the next contraction came and my body was pushing and out came um jude's head (laughs) and and hand actually his hand was next to his face Mm -hmm. and i had my eyes closed like and i had had my eyes closed for most of the labor and i just i smelt kelsey my midwife come into the room because she had this perfume that she wore at every appointment so I kind of, yeah, I, I caught her smell and was like, oh, she's here, okay. And I hadn't had a lot of monitoring. I hadn't wanted um, any monitoring throughout the labor, but she said, you know, the um, that transition was quite rapid, like we just want to check his heart rate. And so they um, did the Doppler and they said that his heart rate had dropped slightly. Um, and so she was like, I'm just going to get you to hop out of the bath um, to you know just in case like Wait, while we can, out. um yes oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like there's absolutely no way yeah. that I can do that so at this point I'm standing in the bathtub and they were just like okay it's happening here so I um one more contraction one more push and out he came and mm. <laughs> thankfully they had actually started draining the tub but Kelsey when she realized it was going to happen <laughs> that quickly left a bit of water in because um yeah out he came flying and she only just managed to ah. catch him um and yeah and then he was here which was like it it was quite rapid and I found that because you know that so I think we arrived at the hospital at about 11 30 p.m and he was born at 12 51 a.m yeah. so yeah about an hour and 20 minutes after we got there and um because that final sort of descent was quite rapid i went into a bit of shock like nothing severe but i just i basically was frozen just so much adrenaline yeah. so kelsey and mike were like all right you can sit down now we'll pass you your baby and i just like i could hear them but i was standing there and mike's like okay move this leg here <laughs> move this leg here and kind of guided me to sit down and um yeah and then my boy was here and I just remember saying like oh you're here and oh. yeah it was really it was amazing I, I loved it so beautiful and delayed cord clamping I'm assuming. Uh, yeah we did do delayed cord clamping um oh gosh the next little bit is a bit of a blur I know they I sat in the bath like on the little step for a while and just held him and um the placenta actually, like, transferred the blood fairly quickly. So I think that was probably only maybe 10 minutes that we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the like, the cord had gone sort of pale and it wasn't pulsing anymore. So yeah. might cut the cord. And then um, they'd suggested that I try to sit on the toilet and breastfeed him to deliver the placenta, which I just – I did sit there and I was like, nah, this doesn't feel right. I don't really want to do my first breastfeed sitting on the toilet yeah. in a hospital. So, um, and also because I'd been laboring on my hands and knees, my back was quite like, I just felt fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I just want to lie down. So went and hopped up on the bed and um, Kelsey was like, oh, can you just give me one little push? And the placenta was actually already there. So that was oh, really, really easy. Um mm-hmm yeah yeah it was great it was a really really nice experience yeah that's so wonderful
0: so what was the motivation behind choosing home birth second time around
1: yeah so by the time I fell pregnant with Bowie we'd relocated to Newcastle and we are so fortunate here to actually have a publicly funded home birth um, available yeah so there's very very few hospitals around Australia that offer it I think there's maybe four or five in total and one of them happens to be in newcastle so Mm. when you are low risk which i was they actually kind of advocate for it so the birthing team um, like there's the birthing center and you can opt to birth there at belmont or those same so it's still the midwife group practice but those midwives offer either the home birth or the birth center birth
0: um
1: yeah and because that was my preference first time around and the only barrier was financial second time around for it to be through medicare i was like well absolutely (laughs) i'm gonna go with that option um yeah, so, so, so fortunate. I just, you know, we'd already decided that we wanted to move to Newcastle. But when I heard that that was, you know, we actually had thought maybe we stay in Sydney to have our babies because we did have such good experience. But when I found out that was the option to have up here, I was like, nope, I'm, I want to go there now. <laughs> yeah, we're going right now. <laughs> That's incredible. And how was your yes. pregnancy with her? Yeah, it was very, very similar. Um, Mm -hmm. I can literally remember the moment we were at the farmer's markets and I was about six weeks pregnant and just suddenly Mike was like, are you okay? I was like, nope, I feel really sick. Mm. Um, So the morning sickness kicked in at about the same stage and it was very, very similar except this time I also had a toddler. So that was – different um but thankfully at that stage he was having a really good sleep through the day so I basically would stay in bed as late as I could get up and sort of parent as best I could for those few hours in the morning and then go and have a sleep with him in the day and um, my husband at the time was working a job that had him home by about three o'clock so we um yeah I just managed to sleep pretty much until he got home um but yeah very very similar just like quite nauseous um really fatigued until about 20 weeks mm-hmm. and then it just kind of it's like the fog lifts and you can come out of it yeah. um this time around like it was still very smooth but i did have um quite a lot of pelvic pain and i think that was just a result of it being a second pregnancy and still lifting a very heavy toddler and you know he liked to be carried around a lot so that wasn't so fun um yeah. but otherwise I was really well and she was well and um yeah it all went very very smoothly yeah, perfect and yeah. how far along were you when you went into labor so with her I actually went into labor at 40 plus six okay. um she was due on the 21st of December oh. so <laughs> we had a very very interesting Christmas and um it was yeah it was different being pregnant at that time of year Mm -hmm. and I had always expected that she would come sooner than Jude did so when I got to that 40 plus five and she hadn't arrived so that was boxing day I was really stressed because in order to have the home birth they obviously have um you know, their criteria around it, and you can't go beyond 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 41 weeks, you have to go into the main public hospital here and have some monitoring. So they like check your fluid levels and they, um, you know, check baby's heart rate and all that sort of stuff. And I really, really didn't want to do that, um, which, you know, I, it wasn't because I didn't think it would be okay. Like I knew she was fine and it, it would all be okay. I just really didn't want to go into the hospital and I really avoided scans and a lot of testing throughout the pregnancy so I just was quite stressed about that looming appointment and I knew that at that appointment they also schedule you for an induction which I also really didn't want to do I just so desperately wanted to have the home birth Mm -hmm. so on boxing day which was 40 plus 5 I was texting a friend who's a doula and she was like just relax like stop doing all of the pregnancy things like I'd been expressing colostrum and I'd been bouncing like crazy on the exercise ball and I'd been going for acupuncture and I'd been very consciously trying to do things to bring on labor she's yeah. like you just need to relax like have a sleep do something nice for yourself do something fun like just get the oxytocin flowing but stop thinking about going into labor Great advice. and it it was really good advice so I did I sent Mike and Jude out for the day and I had a nap and I like did a bit of a meditation and I did watch some um birthing videos like positive birthing videos just to like sort of stay in the headspace yeah. but otherwise I just focused on myself I like you know listened to an audiobook and just really spent the day with myself Um, and then that night like we put Jude to bed and we played Scrabble which I (laughs) really enjoy and I always win so that was (laughs) great for my oxytocin (laughs) Um, and we just had fun and I I really surrendered I think that was the main thing I just sort of realized like okay well this is going to be what it's going to be and if I end up being induced and having a hospital birth, then so be it. And I just, you know, I have to trust that this is the journey for myself and for my baby. And um, I think I just, yeah, I was really conscious around accepting whatever was going to present itself.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I went to bed that night and, of course, I then woke up in labour. Amazing. <laughs> after doing all that. So, yeah, with Bowie I recorded the first contraction at um, – I woke up at about 12.40 a.m. Mm-hmm. and recorded the first contraction at 12.45, so I don't know if it was a contraction that had woken me or um, I'm not too sure. But it was, um, yeah, it was very similar progression to Jude and um, so Jude's labour all up was about six and a half hours and through this pregnancy I was like, I think I want this one to be between three and four hours, like that would mm-hmm. feel good. Um And so, yeah, I I had that in my head and um, anyway, I tried to, we co-sleep, so Jude was in the bed with us and I tried to, like, sneak out of the bed so that I could labour in peace, but that wasn't (laughs) too effective because he actually woke up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I laboured the first little bit actually holding him, trying to get him to go back to sleep, which he wouldn't. So then I was like, oh, we're just going to have to get him up and, like, (laughs) put the TV on on or something. So... We did that and this time around I had um, a friend who's a photographer coming to take photos and she's a real night owl so I texted her straight away and was like, I don't know, but I think I'm in labour and she was like, oh, well, I'm still awake so I'll just stay up <laughs> and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and luckily, because I so I, I called the midwives, and unfortunately, my beautiful midwife was not on. Given that it was Christmas time, there was you know a lot of changes and people were away, so I didn't end up having her at the birth. But the lady who did attend was beautiful, and um, I think yeah, it was amazing having her anyway. And so I called her. Her name was Jane, and I sort of said, oh, "I'm I'm in labour. I'm definitely having contractions." Um, and she also was like, all right, well, you, you know, just stay at home and um, you sound like you're doing fine, so just let us know when you, you're having three contractions in ten minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, okay. Um, and so I passed that information on to Mike and then he just sort of dealt with Jude while I went back into the bedroom and um, laboured on the bed. And he came in to check on me and I'd been um, using a contraction timer app on my phone and he had a look down at it and he's like, um, you've been having three in 10 minutes for quite some time. I'm going to call <laughs> the wow. midwives. So he called them and um they came over so it's always two midwives who attend um, the home birth Mm -hmm. and it's basically like they bring the hospital to you so they still have all of like the medical equipment and they have the little resuscitation table set up and there's oxygen for you oxygen for baby they've got you know some of the drugs that you potentially need um, not for like pain relief drugs but if there was you know any issues with Mm -hmm. hemorrhaging or if baby was having any issues when they arrived Um, so that was kind of going on in the background, which I had absolutely no awareness of. They're just getting everything set up and we'd purchased a birth pool. So Mike was filling that in the lounge room, um, while I just stayed in the bedroom and yeah, it's funny in Jude's labor, I didn't have that crisis of confidence that women often talk about when they're transitioning. Yeah. I think for me with him when I was transitioning it was just that real sense that I needed to be where I was birthing mm-hmm. but with Bowie I I didn't ever have wavering confidence but I just suddenly had this very overwhelming desire to go to sleep Oh okay <laughs> and so I was on our bed and part of my brain was like just lie down and have a sleep you'll be fine you'll be able to keep laboring just go to sleep and I was like okay I'm just gonna lie down and then the other part of my brain's like Kate I think you're transitioning (laughs) (laughs) so um at this point the like the midwives had arrived and At one point I said to Mike, like, I I think I want them to check me. Um, And again, it was just like a mental thing. I wanted to know how far along I was, even though in our birth preferences I'd said that I didn't actually want any um, vaginal examinations. But the midwife, Jane, came in and she was like, you don't need me to check you. She's like, you're doing fine and we know that you could be one centimetre now and be ten centimetres in an hour. Yes. It's not going to make a difference. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. And Amazing. yeah, again, part of me was like, ah, oh, but I really want to know. And the other part <laughs> was like totally in agreement. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad that she did that for me. So anyway, when I had that little moment of thinking I'm just going to go to sleep, um, the part of my brain that knew I was transitioning got a bit louder and I was like, okay, I think I need to go and get in the pool. Mm-hmm. So went out into the lounge room and, um, you know, we'd set up fairy lights and Jude had been moved into a different room where he was just like absolutely lapping up the opportunity to watch TV because <laughs> he doesn't usually watch it and I hopped into the pool and I think you know had a couple of contractions in there and then all of a sudden I just felt really calm and the only way I can describe it is it's kind of like I got to the eye of the storm and I I said out loud something's changed and we actually have this amazing photo um, that my friend Kobe took where I, it's at the moment that I sort of said that and you can see Jane, the midwife in the background, just absolutely beaming. And mm. Mike said to me that she turned to Felicity, the other midwife, and was like, the baby's going to come soon. Oh, wow. Um, so I think she she knew that that was, you know, it's almost like that breath, that last breath before yeah. you start pushing. And again, um, at this stage, like I hadn't had a bloody show and my waters hadn't broken Um and all of a sudden my body just wanted to push. Mm-hmm. Um, which this time around I actually found to be a little bit more intense. So with Jude, my waters actually broke with that first push and that relieved so much pressure. But with Bowie, my waters hadn't broken and they were that amniotic sac was kind of bulging, which was just an insane amount of pressure. And that for me, I think was the the worst part of it mm-hmm. and the moment where I just felt like I needed other people to give me that boost of confidence and um anyway that with that first push I could feel it like kind of bulging out I was like oh I can't do it and Jane was like you can do it and you know you can just reach down and like if you pinch the sock it will break and it must have been like as she said that it it ruptured which was amazing and then I um yeah, I felt much more comfortable. And um, before it had ruptured, she'd been sort of saying to me, like, you know, do you want to catch your baby? And because of the amount of pressure I was just like I don't think I can do it I felt a bit shaky and so Mike's like in the background getting ready to jump in the Mm. pool to catch (laughs) the baby um but as soon as that broke and then her head came out I just Mm. had this huge surge of like power I was like no I can do it and I want to catch her so um yeah again one more push and out she came um and I caught her myself and that was just the most phenomenal mm-hmm. thing like I just yeah such an incredible moment to wow. yeah I kind of felt like I, I did it all myself and um, again that final stage was quite quick so Bowie whole birth ended up being about three hours and 45 minutes so again I I know (laughs) I got what I wished for I think I yeah I really had actively been visualizing that for the whole pregnancy and I I very much believe you know the power of the mind and um we're so we the mind and the body are connected there's no way you can separate them so Mm -hmm. I think that played a really big role for sure um And, but yeah, again, I was in a little bit of shock just with all of the adrenaline of um, it being quite quick, but it was same sort of thing. They just had to coach me like, if you put this leg here, put this leg here. (laughs) And did you have Um, any tearing with either
0: of them being they were so quick?
1: Yeah. So with Jude, I had um, a labial graze just because, um, as I mentioned, he came out with his hand next to his face. Mm -hmm and that was only quite superficial on one side but the um the doctors that came to assess me they recommended stitching it because they were worried that it might heal across on the other side but in hindsight I don't think it could have because there wasn't a wound on the other side but Mm -hmm. it's sort of you know in that moment of like you're just there's so much happening around you and, and that's probably the part of the Um, the birth experience that I enjoyed the least when everyone's kind of whizzing around you and checking you and doing all the things and there's lights. And so I kind of, I agreed to it, but the stitches actually ended up um, a few days later they tore and that actually tore. (laughs) So um, that was with him. And with Bowie, I didn't have anything. There was like a a little graze um, again, just like really superficial, but they said it's totally fine to leave. And I had, yeah no pain and no issues recovering from that um yeah which was that was amazing very very fortunate and your placenta placenta with Bowie took a little bit longer to arrive so I think it was just on the one hour mark um that that I was able to deliver that and I uh, yeah again I just all I wanted to do was lie down and be with my baby and I know you've got to kind of follow the process and you obviously have to birth the placenta. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, again, the delayed cord clamping and with her it was slightly longer, um, which I think as well being at home we were sort of able to do that. Like it, there wasn't, I mean, there still had things that they had to tick off with the birth, but we were just allowed a little bit more space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with delivering the placenta, um again, I just really wanted to lie down, but it wasn't coming. So I ended up sort of squatting at the side of the birth pool. And I kind of, I couldn't locate where to push. And Jane kept saying to me, like, you you can just sort of tug on the cord a little bit, it might help. And i really didn't want to do that I think in my mind I imagined like pulling on the cord and it ripping away Mm -hmm. so I kept saying no and then eventually she was like it'll just give you that sensation of where it is and so I was like okay again (laughs) she knows best she is the midwife so I did I just put like a little bit of pressure on the cord and that kind of allowed my body to hone in on where I needed to push and then it came out straight away um yeah so that was that was a bit of a longer process but still fairly fine overall yeah yeah and did you do anything special with your placentas well with jude i did nothing i sort of hadn't wrapped my head around um what i wanted to do and so then yeah it was kind of one of those things where we got to the moment they're like here's your placenta what, what would you like us to do with it and i was like oh i don't know i hadn't thought about it like I, and so that was just discarded unfortunately um bowies we still have in the freezer oh, okay. <laughs> and i plan to plant it in the garden i just haven't Beautiful. chosen what i want to plant over the top of it yeah. so yeah
0: what do you feel is the greatest yeah. lesson you've learned from your births
1: mm. i really think and it's Kind of easier said than done but it really is just coming back to trusting your body and trusting your baby and really getting rid of a lot of the noise that's out there about what you should be doing and how things should look Mm -hmm. because everyone's experience is so unique and I think that we override a lot of that innate wisdom and that intuition that we have when we start just listening to all of the things and like reading too many books and listening to too many people's stories or um, going to too many appointments and obviously like go to appointments if you need them. But Mm. I think just coming back to what you know to be true and I think we all have that intuition and that power to connect with our body. We just have to practice it because it's a skill that we don't often use in sort of day-to-day life. Um, I found funnily with Jude, I also was fearful of having an induction because I just really wanted the births to be as least medical as possible. Um, and a friend of mine who was also pregnant put me into a Facebook group of women who were all birthing around the same time. And I joined. I was like, okay, that'll be useful and it might make some nice connections. But it actually ended up being awful because I was due with him at the end of September And a lot of the women who were in the group had already had their babies. And so people were sharing these like very traumatic births and talking about like, you know, how they did have to be induced and sort of all the things that went wrong were being shared. And it was just making me more and more stressed. So I similarly with Bowie, I on this particular day, the day that I ended up going into labor, I woke up and was like, I have to get out of that group. It's just not helpful. And it's it's not bringing me the energy and the perspective that i want to have so Mm -hmm. i left the group and then later in the day (laughs) i went into labor with him and i think yeah for me it was really just cutting out a lot of that noise and trusting myself trusting the baby um and knowing that you know giving birth is the most natural thing that you can be doing and when you're pregnant your body is in its most you know well state it's what it's been wanting to do its whole life like i think in a very simplistic way like it's our it is our body's purpose that's what women's bodies are designed to do so Mm. just really honoring that and trusting it um
0: lastly what key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mums out there
1: oh gosh so many things (laughs) (laughs) like really getting clear on what you want for your pregnancy your birth and your baby and knowing that everything that's presented to you is a choice and i think taking back some of that power um there's an acronym that i use with my clients or encourage them to use so the acronym is brain and it stands for benefit risk alternative intuition and nothing so at every point when someone's suggesting whether it be a test or whether it be you know an induction or some sort of intervention while you're birthing ask yourself or have your birth partner ask what are the benefits if I do that what are the risks if I don't do that what are the alternatives to doing whatever it is and then checking in like what's my intuition telling me and what would happen if I did nothing and just realizing that yes there are professionals and absolutely like we need to respect their education and that they do know what can be best for you but you also know what's best for you so if something doesn't feel right you are within your power to ask those questions and also to say no and I think that you know even if you advocate for yourself and it ends up that let's say hypothetically you don't want an induction you say no for a while and then it turns out that okay you do need an induction so be it at least you know that you've stood up for yourself and held those boundaries and stated your preferences rather than I think sometimes women feel a little bit lost and they feel um, disempowered and it's often that feeling of powerlessness that can stay with women and um be a little bit I guess more traumatic or more negative when they reflect on their birthing experiences so yeah yeah, inform yourself get a good team of people around you whether that's you know birth professionals or even like you know your, your friends or your mom or whoever it would be that you feel um would fill your space with that positive energy or the energy that aligns with what you want for your birth, Mm -hmm. Um, and, yeah, don't be afraid to speak up.
0: Mm, Incredible advice. Mm. Thank you. Now, just about your
1: business, let's chat Mm. about that. Yeah.
0: What is it called and what types of services do you offer?
1: Yeah, so my business is Holism Health Co., um, which I am currently on maternity leave from my naturopathic clinic, but I am a naturopath and nutritionist and I work primarily with um, women's health and fertility, pregnancy and um, paediatrics um but we also have just launched a postpartum meal delivery service um yeah so that's servicing Newcastle and the Hunter region as well as the central coast in New South Wales Mm -hmm. um but we've also just added a few products that can be shipped around Australia so we have really yummy lactation cookies and a one-handed snack box um yeah so I guess for me like I just really want to bring back that village and that support for women in all aspects of, you know, pregnancy and motherhood. Um, and food is such an important one just to take that responsibility off people's plate so that they can, you know, be nourished really well and then be able to bond with their baby and, you know, support breastfeeding and support their recovery Um I think yeah when the mum is really well looked after everybody benefits so absolutely yeah
0: and do you offer online appointments
1: yeah absolutely yeah i do so when i'm back in practice which probably won't be until um sort of september this year but i do offer um online appointments so anywhere in australia fantastic
0: amazing thank you so much kate for coming on today and sharing your incredible journey with us oh
1: pleasure thank you for having me
0: that's the end of the show guys some really great tips in there for anyone wanting to conceive or already pregnant one of my favorites and the first time i've actually ever heard this recommendation treat your body as if you're already pregnant seems so simple check out the show notes for all of kate's business details and reach out if you're interested in any of her services let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA instagram and i'll see you guys next week for another episode of positive birth australia